Welcome to Cinderella Has Cellulite, a show about love, romance, and how to make it all last. Relationship expert Donna Arp Weitzman draws on her years of experience in and out of the dating game to unwrap the mysteries behind the all-too-familiar fairy tale. Tune in to find out the secrets behind first dates, second marriages, and everything in between. From his friends and her friends to X's and O's, this is Cinderella Has Cellulite. And now, your host, Donna Arp Weitzman. Hi, everyone. Hey, Zach. Hey, Donna. You know what? We're, <clears throat> pardon me. Caught you We're right, having, right at the beginning of that, didn't I know. I? It's that air pollution. <laughs> I went to the allergist, and my doctor said, you're allergic to air pollution. Yeah. I live in Dallas. What do you do about that? You're allergic to air pollution? I think I must. I need to go live on the high plains somewhere. I mean, if there's anything I know, it's medicine. All right? <laughs> and I got to be honest. I feel like, uh, I don't want to say this guy sold you a bum line of goods, but like everybody's technically allergic to air pollution. I guess I'm more. It's bad for all of us. So I, I guess I, no. There's no global warming and air oh, pollution. Well, okay. What are you talking? I, I think you know what? That's for another show, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> How was your weekend, Donnie? My, so you said you went to Santa Fe. Uh, I went to Santa Fe two weekends ago, and last week I was in Galveston, and it was beautiful, but it was pouring rain. Was pouring it really? rain. Mm-hmm. The so season. yeah, but no air pollution when it's pouring rain and <laughs> off of the ocean. So. Not on the beach. Yeah. Huh? No, yeah, no allergy that. problem last week. No. So, but I am so excited today. Um, I want to get into this pretty early, Zach, because, um, you know, we've got the wine curmudgeon here. We do. And I love the name curmudgeon because I really don't think Jeff Siegel is a curmudgeon. No? But I think he adopted that just so that we could all say, hey, if he gets a little grouchy, we're just going to let him get by with it. Right. But um, Jeff's going to talk to us about different kinds of wines. Let's Here's Jeff right here. Jeff Hi, Siegel, Jeff. Welcome to the show. And it's Zach, very nice come to over be a here. little bit because oh, our yeah. studio's having problems today for our viewers and our listeners, and we can't get Zach on. Here he is. There he is. <laughs> That's me. Facebook Live. <laughs> so anyway, we've got the wine curmudgeon, which we're going to get into in just a minute. But I just wanted to know, Zach, for the millennials, that a lot of millennials drink wine. They do. And I was a baby boomer, and we drank wine in the 60s and 70s. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of went through a little phase, and I'm going to talk to Jeff about this, where maybe wine wasn't quite as popular, or maybe so, I'm not sure. But I know the millennials are back drinking wine. Yeah. Uh, What is your budget when you take your girlfriend out for a really special night? Well... Ooh, okay. Wow. Yeah, I was I was coming up on a wine question. I figured you were gonna ask about uh-huh. like per bottle. You mean just going out on like a date? Yeah. Ooh, what is it? What is the date budget? I yeah. gotta be honest, Donna. You're putting me on the spot here. Oh, uh, she's I, I listening. Lot, she's I know. Listening. I, I got I got a, I got a lot to hold up. My reputation. Uh, to be honest, if we're if we're specifically okay, Christine and I started doing this new thing. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about this called date night. Now right, remember, Zach and Christine have been together how many years? <laughs> Eight years. Eight years. Okay. I know. I, okay. I gotta. I gotta make some moves here. Some yeah. things gotta happen. Yeah. But you've been started, promising that, Zach. We started. Mm-hmm. We found a night easy. Uh. We found a night <laughs> when uh, we would go out like Thursday nights, I think, and we'll go do something. I'll, okay. I'll get on Guide Live and see if there's like a show. Okay. Or we can go downtown and and get some food somewhere. Just mm-hmm. some something kind of somebody. Different. Go to Top Golf. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. yeah so something mm-hmm. different. So if it's one of those, if it's like an event or something simple and mm-hmm. it's on a weeknight, mm-hmm. we're going to keep it easy. Mm-hmm. We're going to go somewhere light. We're probably looking at something like, I don't know, $100 between the mm-hmm. two of us. That's, like that's, yeah, that's healthy. Dinner and show, that's, that's not bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. if, if we're actually going somewhere particularly formal, like mm-hmm. Valentine's or anniversary or something, uh-huh. 
Probably double that number. That seems like a reasonable... You know what, Christine, I'm sorry, but once we talk the wine curmudgeon today, I think your budget can go down. I hope so. I really think so. Who doesn't? So, yeah. Jeff, Jeff yeah. is laughing yeah. over here. It's true. Well, you know, my <laughs> husband and I are very different wine drinkers. He yeah. does not drink wine. Really? Well, he doesn't really drink anything, well, but he, he might have a glass of wine. But when we were dating, yeah. um, I like to split meals. Okay. And he's not a big eater either, so we would always split meals. And he would say, you're such a cheap date. If you didn't order wine, you'd really be a cheap date. But oh, I always have oh, a glass right. of wine, and yeah. he doesn't. And wine is about, you know, two-thirds of the meal most of the time. So, sure. you know, so we all have our views of wine. But I do want to take a minute and introduce Jeff Siegel. Hi, Jeff. Hello. Excuse me. I thought I, as long as you were choking, I thought I would join you. There you go. It's air pollution. You know, Matt, our producer over hey. there, are we polluted in this room, Matt? We got a. It is a little warm in here. It I've is noticed. warm in here, too. Uh, I, I don't nice know if that's Dyson, due to pollution. Right. Or... That, thing, that thing does work. It's we are fine. having such studio problems today with our internet. So I hope you can all hear us for the viewers and the listeners. Jeff Siegel, wine, uh, wine curmudgeon. And Jeff, tell us about how you got started and what kind of a background. Uh, winecurmudgeon.com. Okay. Um, Look it up now, winecurmudgeon.com. Annually, one of the 100 most visited sites on the internet. Oh, wow. When it comes to wine, which doesn't mean nearly as much as if it was about Cowboys football. (laughs) Tell me that again. Your site... Is the 100 most... It's one of the most 100 visited wine sites on the internet. Yeah. That's, wine that's sites. A, wine sites. And that's there are claim. many, many wine sites. I looked it up on uh, Google. I Googled a lot of it today. So my, uh, my calling for wine was that wine is very confusing. Wine is very difficult. And no one and everyone is intimidated by it. Absolutely. And... I come from a newspaper background, and I was taught to write so people could understand you. And so about 20-some-odd years ago, uh, the heavens parted, and I was told, you must write about wine so that people could appreciate just how wonderful it is and how much fun it is. Now, was this for the Dallas Times-Herald? No, this was I was freelancing, and the very first wine story I wrote was about $10 wine Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the uh, Southwest In-Flight magazine. Okay. And... And like I say, and since then, it's been just a wonderful calling. I'm one of the luckiest people in the world. Um, I get to write about wine, and I get to taste it, and I get to say what I think, and, and I get to show people that it doesn't have to be confusing, that it doesn't have to be intimidating, that it doesn't have to be expensive. Because, Zach, what you were talking about, yeah, okay, and I have this argument with people all the time. If you want to drink one bottle of wine a week, and you do a $40 bottle of wine, that's $160 a month. For some people, that's half a car payment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you drink a $10 bottle of wine, that's $40 a month, and you can drink a whole lot more. That's right. <laughs> so, We're already liking the wine from yeah, like so my mission, My mission has been to show Americans that wine can be inexpensive, that wine can be fun, and that quality doesn't require you to go into a store and look at the bottle and be terrified to buy it because it costs so much money. And the other thing I'll say very quickly is one reason Americans have such a hard time with wine is that since we are confused by it, we don't know what it's supposed to taste like. And if we buy something that costs 35 or 40 or 50 bucks mm-hmm. or even $25, mm-hmm. right, and we don't like it, we're not going to tell anybody that. 
uh-huh. because I paid $25 for that wine. It must be really good. I must be an idiot and not know anything <laughs> right. about wine. We tend to blame ourselves. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. exactly. The, the taste mm-hmm. of the sticker price. Real quick, for a moment, real talk, uh, Southwest In-Flight, solid in-flight magazine. That's a good one. Well, thank you. I, that yeah. was a long time ago. Oh, yeah. I don't even know if they still put it in, in anymore. Jeff, I wanted to ask, um, and Don, I don't mean to steal your questions No, here. no, no, no. Why? Why are we confused about wine because it seems like it wouldn't be that difficult and it's been around for centuries it's in grocery stores mm-hmm. like why why is the stumping people mm-hmm. okay there's there's the long version and the short version the short version is is that we had this thing from 1919 to 1933 called prohibition yes Ooh. and prohibition said the sale transportation and manufacture of alcoholic beverages in the united states is illegal so we don't have a culture of drinking wine if you go to europe They've been drinking wine in Europe for, I don't know, 1,000 years, 1,500 years. The, wow. ancient, the ancient Greeks made wine. The sure. ancient Romans made wine. In the time of Christ. Right. Uh, the, ancient, the ancient Romans, in fact, had wine writers. And, uh, that wrote about wines? Yeah. It was, it's actually pretty funny. Um, but the idea, being, the idea being is that in Europe, they have 1,500 years of drinking wine with dinner. In the United States, for all practical purposes, we have since the end of World War II. Uh-huh. And that's a big difference to make up. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. So, and the you other, know, I'd never thought about that. I wondered why the U.S. didn't drink wine continuously, but right. I forgot about pro- prohibition. Well, the other and the other reason is that um, grapes are much more finicky to grow than anything used to make beer mm-hmm. or spirits. Mm-hmm. And until California came into the union, <laughs> right? <laughs> There weren't too many places in the United States to grow grapes. Well, mm. grape. Now you brought a Texas wine today. I I'm, did. I'm going to show everyone this wine. Oh yeah. And it's called McPherson. And uh, Matt, can we get this on the camera? McPherson. Maybe we can make that happen. Yeah, that yeah. looks good. Here we go. Yeah, there it is for and Facebook Live. And it says a Texas red table wine, McPherson, um, tricolor. Tricolory. Tricolory. Okay. And tell us about the McPherson wine, which is Texas grown. It's How Texas exciting. grown. It's made by uh, made by Kim uh, McPherson in Lubbock. McPherson Hello, Kim Sellers. McPherson in Lubbock. Oh wow! And uh, Kim's father was one of the founders of the Texas uh, wine business in the 1970s. And uh, Kim went to California and got educated and came back, and he's been making wine, makes some of the best wine in the state. I like that wine a lot because it's a simple red blend. It's about 10 bucks. All of the three wines that I bought are all about $10, maybe a little bit more depending on where you buy it. Uh-huh. Um, it's fruity, but it's not sweet. Uh-huh. It, you can drink it a little chilled, so it's perfect for uh, Texas summer. Uh-huh. It's also very low in alcohol. Um, one of the problems with big red wines, particularly when it's 100 degrees out, is it a 14.5%, 15% alcohol wine? will make you go to sleep in about 15 minutes. you got to watch out for that. That's a problem I've <laughs> but got. But not Try this it. one? Not this one, Jeff? No, it's a little bit, it's a, it's a little bit lower in alcohol. Uh-huh. And, it's, and it's, a very, uh, it's a very friendly food wine. In fact, uh, we were laughing. Um, Joe Ely, the legendary Joe Ely, who's yeah. from, from Lubbock. It's uh-huh. one of, I believe that's his favorite wine. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to respell it. I want everybody to hear it. It's about $10. It's from the Lubbock area, the High Plains, which is where I need to go for my allergies, ah. and, and drink this wine. Yes. It's McPherson, M-C-P-H-E-R-S-O-N, McPherson, and it's a red table wine, and you can serve it a little chilled. Well, it can drink it a little chilled. we're tasting it today. So, I was going to say, let me, let me pour yeah, some you got to have yeah. a little taste of that. Um, so would you do what we always think, and is this the rule, red with 
uh, red wines with red meat? Is that still the rule? Well, that's actually never been the rule. Okay, um, it was tell just, us about that. It was just easier for people who pronounce things about wine and pontificate okay. to say that. The first rule with wine is drink what you like, but be willing to drink other different things. Okay, so I could have uh, pork chops and, and uh, rosé. The second rule with wine is be willing, if you're trying different things, think about how they'll go together and you might find something interesting. For instance, the McPherson is light enough wine so you could have that with chicken. Ah. Okay, but this wine, this French white wine from, uh, uh, from Gascony is probably too light to have with beef and you could taste the difference if we actually had a steak here. I'm gonna show this wine, uh, Matt, if you can show our viewers and our listeners. Mm -hmm. And this is spelled P-I-G-M-E-N-T-U-M, pigmentum, uh, something blanc, I can't say it, it is French. French? Yeah, French. And it's from the Gascony area, it's from the which Gascony. is what part of it's French? It's in southwestern France. It's where, um, in the uh, Three Musketeers. Okay. That's that's where um, uh, D'Artagnan is from, from Gascony. And this is a white wine. It looks it looks sort of heavy. Is it a heavy? Is it? No, it's the bottle's heavy. Oh, okay. Those, those are the two grapes on the front, Donna, okay. where it says Uni Blanc and Columbard. Okay. So this wine cost how much? About Jeff? ten bucks. About ten bucks. And I, I brought that wine on purpose because Americans have never heard of those grapes. Never. No. Never and, ever. And if you've heard of Columbard, it's because it's used to make uh, big, huge boxes of badly made sweet wine in California. Zach, you're old enough to drink that. <laughs> I'm old enough to drink all of these. So. <laughs> um, now, what would you serve this with, and where do you find this? Is this in our grocery stores? Uh, that one's not. Uh, some so you'd of, have to go online? No, or? that one you could find. They might have that at a, at a good liquor store like Specs or Total Wine or someplace like that. <coughs> um, uh, the McPherson would be in some grocery stores and would be in most of the, the big uh, liquor stores. Mm -hmm. And the Beeler, the Rosé, uh -huh. uh, that should be in most grocery stores. In fact, like I said, I was, we was talking earlier, I, I know the guy who makes it. And uh, he likes to have it in grocery stores because he likes rosé and he wants as many people as possible to, see this to, wine. to make his wine. And I'm in fact, the, the Sabine, that's his sister. I'm going to show this wine, and I need the wine curmudgeon, Jeff, to tell us how to pronounce I'm, this. I'm barely allowed. But this allowed is from Aux Provence. It's it's from Provence. Mm -hmm. uh, a I believe it's pronounced A I X is just A. Uh huh. Ah, uh, Provence. And uh, it's so it's just like all the expensive stuff they drink in the Hamptons. Oh. Um, except it costs about ten bucks. Uh huh. And except Alan Dershowitz, which they're not <laughs> allowing him to drink in the Hamptons, so he's drinking in Manhattan. Hello, Alan Dershowitz. This is a great wine for you as well, and it is a I guess it's a rosé. It's a rosé. It's mm -hmm. a red blend. Beautiful bottle. And uh, you make rosé by. Zach? Yeah. And you make rosé by, uh, there's a couple of different ways, but for the most part, you use red grapes, and you just leave the skins on just for a little bit until you get that pink color. I did you, not know when that. When you mash it. Yeah, because if you peel a grape, all grapes look the same under the skin. So the reason red wines are red and white wines are white is when you make red wine, you leave the skins in the juice to give the color to the juice. And why does one make rosé? seems like it's a lot of work. Um, leave the skins on just a little while. Well... Because they came originally uh, from Europe, and they come from a part of Europe where that's what they do. They make rosé. One of the things that we have a hard time understanding exactly. in the United States is that there are things done in Europe, in France, and Italy, in Spain, and Germany with wine that they've been doing for hundreds and hundreds of years because that's the way they do it. That's what they do. I mean, here where we can make anything we want Just any delicious. way we want.
This this French wine is so good. How much does it cost? It's about ten bucks as well. So how do we get these if they're not in the grocery store? Do well, they the have Beeler, them in wine the, the, shops? Okay, the Beeler's in the grocery store. It should be in most grocery stores. Okay. That's where I usually buy it. Okay, so the French um, rosé is in most grocery stores. It should be. It should be in. Mm-hmm. It should be in Tom Thumb. It should be in Kroger. And certainly in wine in shops. And wine shops. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, I bought this at Specs. This is at Specs in total in some grocery stores. Mm-hmm. So Specs, we're giving you a little. Hello out there. A little, a little shout out. And, yeah. total, and total, to total wine as well. But like I say, most quality stores. And we're, we're pretty lucky in the Dallas-Fort Worth area that we've got some pretty good. Uh, Let me ask you, Jeff, yeah. why do people belong to wine clubs? Uh, of one vineyard or one Okay, winery? so here's the deal. So you've been to Napa or you've been to Sonoma. Mm-hmm. And you went to the winery and you loved the wine. Mm-hmm. And you either can't get the wine here and we'd have to do another show about why that is. Mm-hmm. There's some funky uh, alcohol laws. <laughs> oh, they're not funky. The they're not funky. <laughs> they're nothing funky about them. <laughs> they're obsolete, and they're they're with us for no reason other than we need another show. It's a bunch of spoil sports out there, Donna. <laughs> they are. I think Zach's got it. A bunch of buzzkills is what they are. I think Zach's got it. And you want that wine from that winery because you like that winery's wines and you can't get it here. Or sometimes the winery wine club will have specials that you can't buy at, uh, at retail. Okay. But does it usually cost to belong to a wine club? Um, no, it doesn't cost. I don't. I mean, it all depends. There's a gazillion wine clubs. Every winery does it differently. Um, and a wine club will give you a discount if you buy a mm-hmm. certain amount and mm-hmm. things like that. Jeff, for our viewers and our listeners, Jeff came highly recommended to be on the show today because uh, there is confusion in the wine business, in the wine drinking business, yeah. and uh, people feel like if you pay more, you get more, and it's not always that way. Um, and we wanted Jeff to be able to say that. So, Jeff, if uh, Zach were taking out, um, you know, his his uh, significant other, his love of his life his on his bow. first date... Yeah. Um, and and you didn't know, Zach didn't know if she drank wine or not. Does he ask her when they get to the table? Does he ask her ahead of time? Kind of what's the rule of thumb? You know, that's a really good question. And I would imagine it would be different depending on the part of the country that you live uh-huh. in. Aha. Because good if we were point. in California, mm-hmm. it would just be assumed. Right. Uh-huh. But we're in a part of the country Let's where. Let's say we're in Mississippi. We're in a part of the country where a lot of people don't drink. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And in fact, one of my favorite st- statistics uh-huh. is that forty percent of Americans say they don't drink. Forty percent say, say yes. they don't drink. <laughs> now, when no, you I'm say sure say they true. don't yeah, drink, what does that mean? Gallup does a poll every year, and they ask Americans, "Do you drink alcohol?" And, sure. And every year, for the last thirty-five, forty years, they've been doing a poll. Somewhere around forty percent of Americans say they don't drink. Aha! Hmm. Uh-huh. Now, I always assume that when they say that, they don't include the glass of sparkling wine they have on their anniversary or sure. new years or something mm-hmm. like that but mm-hmm. so yeah i've always assumed it's not drinking regularly yeah virtually no drinks yeah. uh-huh and so um depending on the part of the country and and she says yes i like a nice glass of wine how does he how does he keep from being intimidated when the wine uh, steward comes up with uh, it's a challenge five hundred dollar bottle <laughs> the struggle is real it. donna yes <laughs> 
You've had this problem, Zach? You know, it's it's tough because, again, wine is confusing. So not only is it do you like it or don't you, then there's what kind, all right? And if you can suss out red, white, or rosé, then you got to figure out, well, what do you like in there? you like particularly fruity? Do you mm-hmm. like dry? What does mm-hmm. that say about a person? Uh-huh. So, Good point. Yeah, kind of. I yeah. guess I've run into this. Uh, do, do wine drinkers fall into categories, personality categories? Oh, almost, most definitely. Oh, tell um, us some. I've met people who won't do anything but drink the heaviest, biggest over-the-top red wine cabs big heavy cabs oh, gosh. or or in the old days uh shiraz's from australia uh-huh um i've met people who won't drink anything but sweet wine i've uh-huh. met people who won't drink anything but a certain kind of chardonnay and i guess uh, some like bubbly wines well the good thing about sparkling wine is that if you like wine at all almost everybody likes sparkling wine mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good safe it it, it it really is and yeah. and in fact, I've, I thought about it. I could have brought some of that, but the Spaniards make a sparkling wine called Cava, mm. which is, again, about 10 bucks. Okay, C-A-V-A? C-A-V-A. C-A-V-A, there's girls who di- like sparkling wines and champagnes. There's, yeah. there's a bunch of different brands of Cava, but for about 10 bucks, 12 bucks, you can't go wrong with, with Where can you get Cava? Because I think champagne is so expensive. Champ- as, champagne it, is very expensive. Champagne from the Champagne region <laughs> of France, which is... According to the law, we can only call it champagne if it's from the Champagne region right, of France. Right, right. Um, but Cava, Prosecco, which is the Italian version of sparkling wine, you can find that in a lot of grocery stores. Mm. So Prosecco is the same as champagne, correct? No. It, no. It's, it's, it's because it's made in Italy. Uh-huh. And it's not made with the same grapes. Okay. And it's made in a technically without, again, boring everybody, but it's technically made a different way than champagne. is. So made. it's not as bubbly, right? It, it, that's a good way of putting it. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's not as bubbly, and it could be a little bit sweeter. And the Spanish equivalent to the Champagne area of France would be? That, that would be Cava, which is uh, in and around Barcelona and Catalonia. C-A-V-A, V-A, about yeah. $10 a bottle. There's a lot of good Zach, stuff about 10 bucks a bottle. that's good to remember. Man, Jeff, you know, I come to a podcast, and I kind of just come as I am. Like, this is who I am, and this is what I know. <laughs> you know a lot about this stuff. <laughs> he does. You got regions and, like, people. and. <laughs> oh, here's uh, the, Zach, here's the really scary part. Yeah. There are people who know more than I do. <laughs> well, let me ask you, do women drink white more than men? That's legend. Um, women drink more wine than men. Most of the wine in the United States. Way Uni- to go, wine sisters. <laughs> most of the wine in the United States is bought by women. Bought by women or consumed by women? It's bought by women. Uh-huh. Wow. But what's interesting is the most popular the most the, the most popular grape in terms of sales is Chardonnay, but that's been being replaced over the last several years by Cabernet Sauvignon, and Cabernet's gonna catch up with it and pass it probably in the next so the next women are years. drinking more reds yeah see i prefer sauvignon blanc and why is that i can never get it at a party because people have chardonnay and pinot grigio um well pinot grigio is kind of like uh, pinot grigio is is uh, is wine for people who don't like wine okay i don't drink <laughs> pinot grigio that's the reason uh but why can't i get sauvignon blanc uh it's not as popular as but the it other. tastes so good yeah excuse me to me it's fresher than, yeah. than Chardonnay. It's not as oaky. Well, we could, again, do a show on oaky. Um, <laughs> and for everybody out there who has no idea what oaky is, if I, people always ask me, I teach a class, I do a wine tasting. I can't do that. How do you tell what the fruit flavors are and all of this? Uh-huh. And I always give them a really a Chardonnay made with heavily with oak, and I go, smell that. And I go, what do you smell? And they go, I smell vanilla. Uh-huh. Congratulations, you're now a wine expert. You can smell the oak ah. in the wine. Mm. Ah, Okay. Uh, Jeff, do you go to people's homes or do you go to special events and, and teach people about uh, wine? 
You make in the you old days. You are a curmudgeon. In He's a curmudgeon. Days. We got to be careful on Comes these questions. Comes with the territory. Uh-huh. In the old days, a uh, friend of mine, a guy named John Bratch, and I used to do home wine tastings as the two wine guys. But we don't do that anymore because, for one thing, John moved to uh, San Marcos. Okay. But uh, I've done tastings, and we've d- I've done tastings in the past. I'll be happy to speak to your group. Uh huh. Um, oh wow. I'm very affordable, um, and I like to think I'm a little bit funny. Oh, oh, I love that. Um, Well, I I am so excited to have the wine curmudgeon uh, today. Zach, what else do you have to ask? Jeff, we may not get him back. I know you're drinking, uh, you know, fairly regularly over there since you're not on Facebook Live. I've got one. Uh Thank you, Donna. (laughs) I've got one uh, from Facebook, actually. Samantha Knight asked this question. Hello, Samantha. And it's a a little deeper than what I wanted to go for, but here it is. Okay. She was asking if it's okay to decant and drink wine out of a mug. And we are drinking out of plastic cups. And yes, it's funny we because are. we have somebody that works here, believe it or not, who for a time was a writer for the Whiskey and Scotch article of, okay. of the Dallas Live Mag. I'm not really sure, actually. Okay. He could tell me. Uh-huh. Uh, and he had asked when I said uh, Jeff is coming in today to work with Donna, he went, mm-hmm. oh my God. Do we need wine glasses? I said, well, we have plastic cups. He said, did you tell him that? I'm like, I did. I did. <laughs> I wasn't sure what the protocol was. There is a little bit of a something around wine. Someone's calling through, Zach, on Facebook Live. We'll let it ring and just send us. No, that's okay. Just We'll just let them send us a message. The, uh, the one thing I always tell people about wine, do what you're comfortable with. Okay. Because when you learn to drive, do you learn to drive in a Ferrari? Or do you learn to drive in a beater car that your parents go, here, take this. If you wreck it, it's okay. Fair. Fair. And, again, no, very few. we don't understand that in this country. We assume we immediately must be a wine expert if we've never had wine before. People always go, how come you know so much about wine? Sure. I go, well, I taste two, 3,000 wines, different kinds of wines a year. Right. How much Most, do you taste when you taste wines? Do oh, you just wash right. it in your I think mouth? I poured these heavy. Yeah. So what, what okay. exactly right, goes so Okay, here goes yeah. the wine from yes. okay. He's doing a here's tasting. How, here's the official way to taste wine. Is first okay. you smell it. Okay, let's right? do this, because, Zach. Because right, yeah, wine yeah. is made wine is made not only to taste a certain way, but to smell a certain way. And so, you stick your nose in the glass, people Well, you tell don't me. necessarily stick your nose in. You just want to be able to get a good a good whiff of it. Mm. All right, so for instance, this is the French white wine. Okay, I'm going to so pick that up. It smells a little, to me, it smells a little grapey, a little lime, kind of pleasant. Should lime. I, I should do that one, too. Mm-hmm, I was doing mm-hmm. the red. And then, how much did you get? You just take a little bit. You swirl it around your mouth. Make sure you get the front and the back. Yeah. You don't swallow it? And you spit it out. Oh, no. You don't swallow it. Okay, here's the deal on spitting and swallowing. I don't have a glass for you to spit it out, Don. I, I drank apolog- it. Uh, you might have I to swallow it. that one. Do I you apologize. put it between your teeth and all? Yeah, do you just move it around your mouth just like anything else? Boy, it makes it explode, doesn't it, well, when that's you do it that way? Well, because you get all those taste receptors, wow. right? If you have not swished it through your mouth, swish your next drink of wine through your mouth. I'm serious. I... It, it's a it whole different. It. Yeah, yeah, it does something to the roof of your mouth. Okay, mm-hmm. here's the reason why we spit. If I'm judging a wine competition, which I do, we'll we'll taste fifty to seventy-five wines before lunch. We'll taste fifty to seventy-five wines after lunch. Oh! If, if you don't spit, you have serious <laughs> problems. <laughs> Fair, right. If you, if you don't spit, you have a problem, and it's not just wine. No, well, to, yeah. to all my Fort Worth viewers, I belonged to a little wine club in Fort Worth a few years ago before I moved to Dallas, and, and they would start at 1 o'clock or 12 o'clock on Friday, and I didn't know that they were swishing. I thought they were drinking, and so by the time it got around to me, there were about 14 people. I think I was already asleep. <laughs> right. Why do you join a wine club, right? Yeah, really. Jeff, what about wine glasses? 
Why do we have skinny, tall oh, ones? Oh, gosh, there's a whole, yeah, you got ones with long stems. And yeah, stems there's and a million of okay. wine glasses. Yeah, yeah. The simplest thing you want to, there's, there's actually some really good advice for this. Okay. You don't want to spend more for the wine glass than you spend on a bottle of wine. Oh, for one glass. Correct. So a $300 Baccarat crystal, <laughs> and you put a $10 wine in it. You probably don't need to do that. Okay, uh, okay, okay. Uh, I buy from Amazon or wherever I can find them. They're called Triton Forte, F-O-R-T-E. They're less breakable. Okay. Okay. And T-R-I-T-O-N. T-R-I-T-A-N. A-N. T-R-I-T-A-N Forte glasses on Amazon. And you can pick them a bunch of different places. And they're more difficult to break. You can actually drop them, and they may not break. Okay. Now, when they do break, they shatter all over the kitchen, and you are picking glass out of your feet. Standard fare. That'll for a week. And all you want is just something that's comfortable. So, um, Rydell, is it Rydell? Riedel. That, Riedel, that thinks they have such a good wine glass. Why is that? Because uh, it's... Just marketing? It's crystal, and they're the best. And I actually can't say anything bad because they've been known to sue people who criticize them. Oh, well, I just wondered. I have a bunch of them, so right. I've already bought a bunch of them. <laughs> nope. Nobody's suing Donna <laughs> no, today. No, no. No, no. I'm a good Riedel person. Yes. <laughs> um, but having said that, uh, whatever you're comfortable... Again, it's, it's what you're comfortable with. If all you want to do is have a glass of wine with dinner... Then you can go and you can go buy, you know, a Libby glass with a stem and drink it. And the only thing that I recommend is, regardless of what kind of glass, don't hold it by the bowl. <laughs> the bowl. Hold, hold it by the stem or the foot. Because if you hold it by the bowl, two things happen. First off, if it's supposed to be cold, you're going to warm it up. And secondly, if you're at a really fancy dinner party uh-huh. and your hostess has $300 Baccarat crystal uh-huh. and she sees you holding the Baccarat crystal <laughs> like this, she'll get really mad at you. <laughs> I'm going to have to well, keep that in mind. <laughs> now, there seemed to be a trend in the last few years of drinking wine in these small glasses rather than on a stem. Those are the – actually, Riedel invented those. Those are called the O glasses. Okay. And, Thank you, Riedel. And that was a way for Riedel to sell – a less expensive glass. Okay. So there's no beauty in it except that it's a little uh, safer. It doesn't fall over quite yeah, it's, regularly. It's, exactly. It's mm-hmm. it's when you drop it, there's a better chance it's not going to break. Uh-huh. And, and it's comfortable holding a, a big glass rather than a little stem. Now, you do run into that problem, like you mentioned, where you're going to warm up whatever you're drinking. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is a problem. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so a red wine, I hear this all the time. I've asked, people have asked me, do you put a Cabernet, do you cool a Cabernet? Okay, here's the deal. The confusion, again, is because the idea of room temperature for reds and chilled for whites Uh comes to us from France. Okay. Mm. Okay. So in France, when this rule was invented in the 19th century or whenever it was invented, what was room temperature? Probably about 60 degrees. Okay. The four central heat. Okay. What's room temperature in Dallas in July. Well, depending on how much money you want to give the electric company, it's 85 degrees. Okay. <sighs> yes. So the idea then is to – a red should be about 50, 55, 60 degrees. So if okay. you want to have a red not 85 degrees because they never taste good when they're that warm, right. uh-huh. put it in the refrigerator for about 20 or 30 minutes before you want to drink it. And that will chill it down enough so it will be okay. So reds, listeners and viewers – 20 to 25 minutes in the refrigerator, not the freezer. I've right. seen people put them in the freezer uh, just to do it real fast and before you drink it, and that's the reds. Now, the whites? The whites should be a little bit cooler than that, maybe 40 to 50 degrees. Okay. Mm. 
So they should stay in a refrigerator. But your refrigerator is going to be 33 degrees. Ah. So you might want to take it out a little bit before you're going to drink it. And if you have a wine cooler or a wine refrigerator, set it on... Well, uh, it depends. Some wine refrigerators have a red wine setting, a white wine setting. Mm-hmm. Some of them are digital where you can actually set it. Mm-hmm. If you keep red and whites together, I, I, say I would advise setting it for the whites and just keeping the reds on the top shelf. Oh, okay. Because since warming Good arises. Point. Jeff, Good point. why – I know we kind of started with this, but I, I think we're, we are running out of time, so we should mm-hmm. start to wrap this up. Did it, did it always feel like it had to be wine, or was it just ha- happenstance? Like, why aren't you writing a scotch? article why aren't you the the whiskey curmudgeon like was um, that just let's see uh i married a woman who loved wine uh-huh. okay and when i met her and again i'm old enough so that taking a girl out and you fortunately don't have this problem zach a big deal was buying a heineken really <laughs> oh my god that must yeah. have been heineken? in the 70s <laughs> oh man um hey james bond drinks huh? <laughs> he also yeah. drinks uh what is his um Shaken, Definitely martinis. Yeah. yeah. Um, lemon twist. And, and so when we were going out, the only thing I knew about wine was that other people drank it. And when I started freelancing, the idea that I could learn about this and it would help our relationship, hey, sounded like a good idea to me. Yeah. See, Zach, it always goes back to relationships. God, doesn't it? To love and relationship. <laughs> always. Doesn't go. it always? The root of everything is comes from love. Mm. And so there you go. Now, did you, uh, were, were, were you raised to not be a drinker, bringing in Texas? No, my dad, no, no, no. I, I grew up in Chicago. Oh, well, yes. Um, the, and you're my a dad, beer and a shot guy. Uh, no, my dad, my dad actually drank, <laughs> like uh, my dad actually drank Italian wine. Oh. Um, and, uh, uh, and so I, I understood that there was wine out there, but I didn't know anything about it, and I, to be honest, I wasn't that interested in it. Now, this is a real generalization, but I've heard lots of people say you should buy your reds from Italy and your, your whites from France. What do you think? Um, or anything from Napa. You should buy whatever you want <laughs> from wherever you want it. Again, these are the sorts of things. Some of the best red wine in the world is made in France. It also costs $3,000. Uh-oh. Don't buy your reds in France then, I guess, no, if but, you don't want to spend $3,000. But... There's wine. Wine is now made in almost every part of the world where the climate is okay, and you can find great value and great quality everywhere. California, Oregon, Washington, and in the United States, Texas. There's some terrific Texas wines. I hope I hope that this impressed you guys enough. There's, McPherson. Uh huh. Um, what about the Hill Country area? There's there's some nice uh, Perdinales um, down in the Hill Country. Does some nice wine. Okay. Um, there's great wine in New York State, terrific Riesling. There's great wine in Germany. There's great wine all over the world. And this idea that we only can drink wine from three places is another one of those ways the wine business tries to confuse us ah. so that we won't appreciate everything that's out there. So would you recommend then when we girls, which really buy how much of the wine? St- statistically, women statistically, buy the most wines. Not yeah. to say I won't go buy a bottle. Yeah. If, you know, the, but it's we the women are out there. We have to learn about our wines. Sure. So should we experiment? What I would suggest is you find a good retailer, mm-hmm. and you go in, Donna, and you tell him you like, what kind of Sauvignon Blanc do you like? I, I love Napa. Okay. I do not like Sauvignon Blanc from uh, New Zealand, okay. which they try to okay. get me to buy. Well, see, and here's, cause here's, here's what you need to do. Then you go in and you say, I like X Sauvignon Blanc uh-huh. from California. Uh-huh. What do you have similar to that in terms of price and in terms of style? 
Okay. Okay. And that way they won't try to sell you the New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc, which uh-huh. tastes like grapefruit, which Thank you're you. not interested Thank in. Thank you. Jeff, you're But they might try to sell you something from France, uh-huh. or they might try to sell you something uh, from, um, see, where else would have grapefruit? South Africa. South Africa. They have the best Sauvignon Blanc, but it's hard to find in Dallas. From South Africa. And I will tell you, I almost have to get in an argument with uh, waiters over Sauvignon Blanc in New Zealand. Because every time they go, we have a nice so-and-so from New Zealand. And I go, do you have something from California? And it's because, to me, New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc, this is my own taste, tastes like grapefruit. No, it Mm. it does taste like grapefruit. It's made to taste that way. I don't want to drink grapefruit juice. Christine's a big fan of New Zealand wines. Yeah, she must like that taste. Mm-hmm. Yeah, climatology, or uh-huh. maybe just the soil over there. I don't know. Oh, okay, yeah. now real quick, because you said we were in a hurry. Uh-huh. It's true. There's a thing called terroir, T E R R O I R, and terroir takes into account where the grapes are grown, the soil, the weather, the climactic conditions, the sure. climatology. Yeah, it takes into account, at least the way I understand it. Uh, why they make wine in France, grow grapes in France a certain way mm-hmm. that they don't do in California. Mm. And the best wines in the world, to me, are speak to terroir. Yeah. Speak to this idea that when I taste this Beeler Rosé from Provence, it's going to taste like it comes from Provence. Mm-hmm. It's not going to taste like it comes from New York State. It's not going to taste like it comes from California. And to me, that's what makes wine so wonderful. Ah. This wine tastes like it comes from Texas. That's McPherson. Yeah. And this wine tastes like it comes from the... From Gascony and France. Well, I think a lot, there's, there, now this is my own opinion, that there must be a lot of Sauvignon Blancs come from New Zealand because you see a lot of that in the grocery store, the New Zealand Sauvignon Blancs, um, and you don't see as many from the United States. Well, the, uh, New Zealand is famous. That's what they do. They're mm-hmm. about, joke about New Zealand is there are more sheep in New Zealand than there are people. Yeah, right. So <laughs> they make wine in New Zealand to export to other countries, to the United Kingdom, to the United States, and their, the big, their big export is Sauvignon Blanc. I see. Jeff Siegel has been unbelievable. Oh, you're too kind. If you're out there and you have not learned anything from him, send me an email and let me know or get or give me a facebook and we'll have him call you directly but i think we've all learned something from jeff siegel today your book is called the wine curmudgeon's guide to cheap wine you can get it on amazon you can get it from winecurmudgeon.com and if you buy from winecurmudgeon.com i'll be happy to sign it for you aha uh-huh. i love it i've got to get one and zach how do people find us if and how do they send this podcast onto their friends yes uh, you can find us at cinderella has cellulite on all of your podcast distributors odds are that might be where you listen to it right now if right you're watching us on facebook go ahead and hit the follow button on the cinderella has cellulite facebook page share we are it with Twitter, your friends instagram soundcloud speaker google play Twitter. itunes wherever you can get it that's where we're at share us with your friends share and, jeff with your friends and send us an email at cinderella has at gmail.com and if you want to be on the show and you have a particular thing that you want to talk about as it relates to love and relationships wine candy flowers and everything else food we want you on here because there's more than just the emotional side Mm. there's also all of the (laughs) tactical part jeff thanks for coming today it was my pleasure you have been a wonderful guest we will have you back fun good have you back bye everyone
RMCN, the digital destination for premium talk radio.